We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The MPW Digital Podcast Network proudly presents McCrady and Siski, powered by Rain Total Body Fuel. Join longtime SEC beat writer Neil McCrady and former South Alabama assistant, Alabama staffer, and Ole Miss recruiting coordinator Tyler Siski for an hour of football and fun. Listen and enjoy as they talk ball, the national landscape, and much, much more. Now, here's your host in the Clark Ford Studios, Neil McCrady. Welcome into episode number three of McCready and Siski, powered by Rain Total Body Fuel. I'm Neil McCready. That, you may guess, is Tyler Siski. You would be guessing correct. Today on the show, it's uh, SEC Media Days are rolling as we speak. We're recording this on Tuesday afternoon. Um, Paul Feinbaum's talking to Tim Tebow about what appears to be Mississippi State. So we'll talk about a lot of uh, SEC stuff today as well. We kinda I thought that's a fun conversation. Yeah, but Tim's like... How much am I getting paid? What's what's my check? Time's the check hit. Yeah. Has, has the money hit my account yet? That's it. Yeah. Um, so anyway, we'll, we'll talk about – we're going to have a little theme today. Everybody's obviously picking Alabama in the West. Everybody's picking Georgia in the East. That would be simple if we said, hey, what are your picks? Well, I like Georgia and I like Alabama. Okay, great. Well, we'll talk to you next week. <laughs> um, we'll talk about Alabama and Georgia, of course, because I think that's who we both would pick if we were asked to pick. But we're going to try a little mind exercise today and let the football guides take a visit into the Clark Ford Studios and say, fellas, let me just tell you one thing. The SEC championship is going to be a humdinger. Everyone's going to be talking about it. Everyone's going to be watching about it. And at that point, we'd be, we'd be saying, talking about it, watching it, looking forward to it. We'd be like, yeah, football guides, we get it. it it's been this way for a little while. And then the football guides would drop the stunner on us. The stone cold stunner and say, <laughs> "Well, let me get let you in on one thing, and then we're leaving because we got we got beers to hit, get to." Alabama's not in it, and Georgia's not in it, and you can take that to the bank. You can take that to Vegas. There you go. Let's there's go. A, there's your tip. You can head to Vegas. Let's we're not, go, Vandy. We're not telling you who's in it, but we'll tell you who's not in it, and that's it. So if they told us that, what would we? How would we look at the SEC differently going into the season? And here's the deal, and I'll say this. I'm picking Alabama, and I'm picking Georgia. No. But we're sort of due a weird year. Yeah, I think you're right. I'm okay with that. I don't think it's going to be too weird with who who actually wins it, but I think we may be 
do a weird year on one side. I just keep waiting for something to happen in the league that shakes it up. Oh, a year where everybody's picking the same two teams. And I've I've been rolling it through my mind all day. <laughs> I'm having a hard time getting anybody but Alabama in the West. But I'll be honest, in the East, and it's not a strong case, but I can make a case for a couple of teams. Yeah, I can too. So we'll talk about that in a minute. First, I want to tell you we're brought to you each and every week by our friends at Rain Total Body Fuel. Today, I've got the uh, Razzle Berry. I'm going back to back on you. I'm going uh, Melon Mania two weeks in a row. I love this. This Tyler's really more, good shit. Tyler's more familiar with uh, with Rain than I am. This is my uh, third week of trying a Rain product. So I'm probably the people at Rain are probably like, we're kind of interested to see McCready's reactions <laughs> because. Siski's been been drinking our stuff for a while. McCready has not, and I got to be honest with you. I'm I'm going to shoot it straight. It's great stuff. Now I'm going to tell you this: if you're not used to pumping caffeine into your blood at 4:07 in the afternoon, it's good for you. Just be aware that you're going to have a different energy level in the evening hours than you are used to. Well, I have to admit, I just cracked mine open right at four o'clock even. So at about 4.45, I cannot be responsible for anything I, I say from about 4.45 till whenever we turn this thing off. So I'm having the Razzleberry. I like that. You down with that? Yeah, now that might. Okay, I've had the Cherry Limeade. Yep. And last week I had the... Um, gummy Bear. Gummy Bear. This might be my favorite. Okay. I'm a. I like, uh, and I like the other two. Yeah, I'm going to keep experimenting with new ones each week. I'm not going to allow myself to get pigeonholed in episode three. Yeah, I'm already pigeonholed, but I've I've had a little bit more experience. I like gummy bear. I'm a melon mania gummy bear. I like the blue the blueberry pretty good. What is it called? Razzleberry. Razzleberry. I like that pretty good. I like that a lot. Um, I'm a cherry limeade guy too. I got about three. I rotate on pretty good. I'm assuming this is kind of a blueberry raspberry combination. You know the uh, old school. Uh, when they came out with the uh, baby blue uh, blow pops back in the day. Oh, yeah. That's what that is. That's what that's designed after it's supposed to taste like. They got your, you know, it was the first one that got your tongue all blue. Yeah. That one. Yeah. Well done. They did, did a good job. Speaking of rain, it's uh, 300 milligrams of natural caffeine, BCAAs, electrolytes, zero sugar. It's got what you need to push the limits and achieve your goals. Check them out on Instagram at Rain Body Fuel to learn more and do us a favor. Hit them with the message that you appreciate them sponsoring this show. Again, kind of keeping you up to date on what we're doing here in the month of July. We're kind of weekly in the month of July in large part because of my travel. I was uh, traveling the second part of last week. I'm traveling the second part of this week. Uh, Next week we'll get together and do a, I guess we'll do a Tuesday show again. And then when we get into August, the week after that, we'll start hitting you with uh, two shows a week as we get ready for football season and into the football season uh, here on MPW Digital. So thanks to everyone for being a part of us. We've gotten a lot of great feedback so far. I really appreciate that. Hit us up on Twitter. You can follow us on Twitter at uh, McCready Siski. McCready Siski. And uh, hit us up. You can follow Tyler at uh, Tyler Siski. I'm at Neil McCready. So all that stuff. And um, again, appreciate you being with us. Uh, yeah, Ryan Marshall says, can't remember the name, but the orange creamsicle is really good. It is good. 
The orange cream sickle is good. Um, I'm just not a orange guy. Are you not? No, not an orange flavored like really guy. Yeah, ice cream, all that stuff. No. Oh, see, isn't that funny? People are so different. I love orange sherbet, where I can't have it in the house. And if you told me I haven't had a soda in going on a year, damn, cuz. And if you told me that I could stop and have a soda. And only one soda, I would get an orange soda. Okay. That's fair. I say that. Sometimes, just in the middle of, like, especially driving down the interstate, I crave just a Coke. I'm a Coke guy. I love, <laughs> I'll, I'll crush it. I'm a Coke guy. Anyway. Not uh, a sponsor. Not a sponsor. What I really crave is rain. Total yeah, body rain, fuel. Total body fuel. <laughs> uh, all right, so let's talk SEC football. Um, before, let's do it. before we get into our 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 exercise today, which I think is going to be interesting, let's start without the premise of the football gods visiting. All right. If the football gods don't visit and someone comes to you and says, hey, Tyler, pick the SEC West, pick the SEC East this year, we're all everyone's saying, okay, I got I got Alabama in the West, I got Georgia in the East, and they're gonna play each other in the final and whatever. Is it that easy? Is it that easy? Because it feels kind of that easy. Especially yes, in the West. Yes and no. In the West for sure. You know, look, I've been saying this for over a year. It's the first time and I think he brought it up this morning. I just didn't exactly hear to my knowledge, it may be it's the first time in a long time that he's had both coordinators back. He being your former boss, yes, Nick, Saban. Nick Saban's got both coordinators back, and he has his starting quarterback back. And that may be the first time all of those have aligned at the University of Alabama at the same time with him there. All right. With that being said, the quarterback is not just a quarterback; he's the Heisman Trophy winning quarterback. Right. All right. Two is is Will Anderson on the other side is the best defensive player in college football. Period. I don't care. You, you can – whoever, I don't care. Sure. No, best, I agree completely. I think he's the best player in college football. I agree with that. Should win the Heisman, but you know how that goes. All right, so at the end of the day, they have something – they were a little pissed off. And you got two – not only are they great players, they're great leaders. And I know this from inside the building, obviously, but they're great leaders and great people. And when you have great talent with the great leaders in the right positions like that, I mean, I think this is going to be his best team ever that he's had there, ever. Okay. And I mean, by domination. Now, I've had other people tell me that who are not connected to you, who yeah. are around, around that program. Some say this is his best team to the point that it creates this buzz that I, I know where it comes from. It's a very natural thing that people speculate. Well, he's going to leave on top. This is the last year. And Dude, that guy ain't going to. He's not. Like, people, that, that's a reoccurring every year because mm-hmm. sooner or later, if you guess it enough times, you're going to hit the, tar- you're gonna hit the, the bulletin board or whatever well, because you with it. the normal because person. He's going, he's going to leave at some point in time, right? But with a normal person, and I don't mean this critically of, of Saban, but with a normal person, you say, okay, you're 70-something years old. You've broken all the records. You've, there's nothing. He could stop today and never win another game, and his legacy is yeah. completely established. He could flip everybody the bird and walk out the door right now. Well, they could roll a two and ten, yeah. and his legacy is established. Still, yeah. So at some point, people say, "Well, you know, doesn't it make sense that if this is indeed his best team and ever, which is saying something, if this is his best team ever, and he leaves with another national championship with these two guys, Anderson and Young, who are both going to the NFL at the end of the season, 
it stands to reason that, you know, with the, the changing landscape of the game and all the right. stuff, it stands to reason that, hey, he's going to walk away. But this is not a normal guy, no. is my point. So he's not wired in a normal fashion. I don't think he's the guy. I'm sure that his wife, Terry, is, is lovely company. But I, 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 I don't think he's the kind of guy that looks at it and goes, yeah, I'm going to go into the grandpa business and, and, and go up to the lake house and just kind of hang out. I think he'd lose his mind. Right. This is his hobby, right? This is what he enjoys. You know, some people like playing golf. Some people like to travel. You know, you have, you know, these visions of sitting on the beach and enjoying your day. What he wants to do is he wants to coach football. That's it. He wants to be in charge of a football team. That's his hobby. And to the point, and I've, I don't know if I've said this on here or not, so if I have, forgive me, but the at the end of the day, the guy is wired like no other and has a drive and a work ethic unlike any coach. I'm talking about position coach. And I've been at, you know, a lot of times you, you coach at lower levels and guys are hungry and they work their ass off. I mean, this guy is on top. I mean, on top of on top. And he works harder than anybody in the building. And, you know, he works, you know, he's going to show up between 726 and 728 every day. That's when he gets there. I mean, I'm talking about to the minute. That's not an exaggeration. That's when he's going to show up. Sed's going to be down there waiting on him to get him in the door. He's going to come up there. He's going to drop his stuff off. And we're going to have a staff meeting at 730 on the nose. And he's not going to, he's not going to break stride. He eats the same thing for breakfast, two little Debbie cakes and a cup of coffee. He eats the same thing for lunch, a turkey chef salad every single day. And then he'll mix it up for dinner. That's his deal. But when he goes home, he doesn't care if it's March the 15th or if it's in the season, it doesn't matter. When he goes home every single night, he watches recruits every single night on film and evaluates them. For how long? So he, he usually takes home about 10 guys. Is like a normal, a normal night, he'll take home 10 guys. Random now, guys. Well, guys that whoever's in charge of recruiting have put in front of him. Okay. And they've made it through the system. I guess, what, I, I guess what I'm asking is, does, is there a night that's quarterback night? Is there a night? Yeah, that... some, sometimes you'll, you'll watch, you'll watch, ran, you know, random guys and you have to order it a certain way, but you'll, you'll watch, you know, different, you usually five offensive, five defensive guys. Okay. Okay. And then, you know, but when you start going through and you've watched everybody, because when you're at a level like Alabama or any SEC program, you know, and you're recruiting the top, echelon of players, you're eventually going to run out of players to watch if you're watching that many. Okay. So we would have, okay, this is quarterback day. So we would go and we would load all the quarterbacks up in his deal, and he would go and basically when he – and he'd re-rank them. Okay, so, okay, this guy's not four anymore. He's number two. Whatever it is, he'll re-rank those guys and do that per position. That'll, that'll last about two weeks. But even when the guy goes on vacation, we would put, you know, 70, 80, 90 guys on his computer. And I remember one year in particular – um, he comes back around the 4th of July, around that period of time, maybe the first week after. He comes back to Tuscaloosa for like two days, and he do- shoots every commercial you ever see him in, he shoots in those two days. Every commercial, he shoots them all yeah. in those two He's so regimented, right? Right. And, uh, and you'd have to load him back up to, to go back for his second, second haul vacation, whether he was going to Lake Burton or, or if he was going to the beach. And uh, Boca Grande, he's got two spots. Just a fascinating guy. He, he really is. I, I wish if I could – and you're starting to see a little bit of it in the media. Like I saw – I didn't really see it in the – I watched his SEC Media Day stuff today. You didn't see him on the stage, but when he goes to the SEC Network or he goes and does college game day, I wish – if I had one wish for him, I wish that every fan could see him in the same light as people who work for him because he's, he's a really good dude and he's, he's pretty funny. But they get this uh, – image of just fire and brimstone the whole time right but he's he's a he's a good dude 
he gets hot sometimes, but yeah, that's I've, just I've part been of his on the other, I've been on the other side of hot once. I mean, yeah, and I've been on, and I've been on the other side of the nice guy. I've gotten some legendary ass rippings that'll go in my book one day. I bet some good ones. We'll get one of those out of you. But at some after point. about forty five minutes, you may be able to get get some out of me. <laughs> okay, I'll remember that. Um, what do we got in the stream here? We got we got. Well, we, we have some uh, we have some bot issues that pop up. Um, <laughs> one of the one of one of the pot- hey, Brennan Brennan, we got somebody that can find you a girl. <laughs> <laughs> don't 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 encourage the bots, please. Um, <laughs> yeah, all right, we're on on this. You, <laughs> Sorry. Did you, did you ever cross paths with Kirby? Did y'all ever work on oh, the yeah. same? Okay, you and Kirby Smart. So Grind yeah. has a question. He says, "Is uh, is Kirby like that too? What successful coach doesn't take recruiting as seriously as as he does?" Yeah, um, <laughs> let's let's avoid, <laughs> let's avoid the trick questions here today. How much, I can answer that for you, Grind. How much uh, how much does Kirby remind you of of Saban? Um, a lot. Uh, Kirby, they're different personalities a little bit, but Kirby is a. Um, he's, he's got really, really, really good people skills. Um, really good communicator, very organized, but look, he, he worked for the guy all the way back in at the beginning of his career. So, I mean, when I say he's molded by a guy, I mean, he was with him with LSU and the dolphins, right? Correct. And he okay. only had one year away from him. Actually, there was a stint there that people forget that Kirby was actually the running backs coach at Georgia for one year. Okay. And somewhere in that, I can't. You'd have to look it up. It's somewhere in that Dolphins exchange between LSU. So and, he worked for Rick for a year. Yes, I right. want to say it was a year. I, I don't think he was at Alabama Nick's first year. I think he came the second year. If that, I mean, somebody can fact check me. I think that's correct. I think the first year that Nick was at Alabama, I think Kirby was actually at Georgia. But he is a uh, Kirby, I mean, there's a reason that that mold is working. We'll talk about that when we get to Georgia in a minute. There's a very key part of this to finish kind of his mark at Georgia. I think he's got the biggest step of his career this year at Georgia, but to really follow the mode and the model. But very similar, um, phenomenal recruiter, great evaluator. I mean, very similar, just a lot younger. And different people skills too. Very different. Like, I think he's a little more – if you told me one guy could work a room, I would tell you it was Kirby. Nick's Nick's really good at the public speaking. Kirby is a guy. He's an ever. He's very down to earth. Is you know. Again, I know what the image is out there, and I know what everybody sees. But I think I was joking with you and Chase about it because I heard y'all talk about it on your podcast um, at some point in time. But Kirby's a guy you want to drink a beer with, right? Kirby's a guy you want to go play golf with. I mean, Kirby's a he. He's a hangout guy. You know, he's a he's a fun dude. That's what I've heard from. Lots of people who know him. I remember in 2011, I was covering Ole Miss, obviously, and uh, it was pretty apparent Houston Nutt wasn't going to get 2012. There was going to be a change. And uh, one of the names I had started in September, I worked on on profiles of several people where it turns out I wasted a lot of time, except I did get to know some stuff about people. Worked on Manny Diaz, who at the time was at – I guess he was a defensive coordinator at Miami at the time. I'm not sure. He was somewhere. Um, I worked on Kirby Smart, and Kirby was the defensive coordinator at Alabama, and, of course, he couldn't talk to media because of Saban's policies. But I talked to Kirby's dad a lot at length for that story, and really good guy, down-to-earth guy, and I got a lot about Kirby. And That was actually – I went to Startville when Alabama came to Mississippi State it was the night that Ole Miss lost to Louisiana Tech. 
And I didn't go to that game. I was in Starkville instead. And I talked to Saban after he finished all of his media deals with yeah. Alabama people. And he was very gracious with his time. And, and But, yeah, I, I remember thinking at that point, I thought, boy, if you could land Kirby Smart here. Yeah, you know, Auburn did too. You know, it was – yeah. From the, I thought Kirby was going to Auburn instead like, of Gus. Instead of Gus, right? Um, when all that happened, but you know, it is what it is. He, you know, and the thing I, I always admired about Kirby is Kirby had a lot of chances. I think if Kirby wanted to be the head coach at Ole Miss, he could have been the head coach at Ole Miss because he had the right guy pushing the buttons. Yeah, I think some of the people here at Ole Miss were concerned that. He's going to leave for Georgia, and my attitude was, "You guys are crazy." If he leaves for Georgia, he's leaving you, for Georgia. It means he won here. He got you going. That whole that whole concept of you know it happens. And tell you where it happens. It happens some here. I get that, but it happens a ton in like the group of five level. Yeah, that guys. Well, I'm you know, and and you know, hats off like South Alabama with Kane. They're like, well, if he comes down here and wins, you know, he's not going to be here very long. You're damn right. But you know what? That means you've succeeded. And finally, you know, when you know we left Arkansas State, right? And Arkansas State for years was like that. And then they hired Hugh. When Hugh left, well, I don't want to hire Gus Malzahn because he's not going to be here very long. Well, he wasn't. Guess what happened the year he was there? They won, and they hired the next guy. Guess what? Well, he's not going to be here. Well, guess what happened? They won. Right. And so you've now you've taken a program historically that has been terrible, and now they're a good football program at that level. It's the supermodel thing. I tell people this all the time. You'd like supermodels. You like, I, I like supermodel I analogies. That a lot. Yeah, I like that. If you have an opportunity as a single person, of course. <laughs> Go ahead. I know, at first I was like, don't spit on my computer. And then I realized it's your computer. I'm like, I don't care what you do to your computer. Um, if you have an opportunity to date the supermodel, date the supermodel. Yeah, don't worry. And if, if someone goes, but she's going to dump you. Yes, she is going to dump you. That's right. Absolutely. But two things are going to happen. One, you got to sleep with the supermodel. I can't look at you. Go ahead. And two, your supermodel is probably going to have other supermodel friends, and that's who you're going to hang around with. And even though you look like some chump. Just be the nice guy. You're going to be a nice guy, and they're going to think, what is it about him that makes her? They're going to be curious. And so when she does dump you for the richer guy, and it's going to happen, it's going to happen. You know it's going to happen. It's inevitable. When you finally get to that point, you handle it graciously. You say, hey, I'm happy for you. I wish you the best, even though inside you're dying. And then they see that. And before you know it, guess who's it jumping in your DMs? Other supermodels. I'm going to get my kids to kind of watch this segment. This is going to be dating advice. It's, with, it's great advice. It's great advice. It really is. My it's, wife's not going to like it, but she'll, she'll, she'll be okay. I cook dinner tonight, so she'll be okay. If you're running in that company... That's the company you keep. So if you are an athletics program at a group of five and you get into the habit of hiring the hot young coach who's going to leave, he's going to land the job at Georgia or Auburn or Florida or, or Tennessee or whatever, he's going to get that job. To get it, he has to win. Yep. He has to win where you are, right? Yep. So you get to take the ride and enjoy the wins. And then when he leaves, you don't you don't say nasty stuff. You say, oh, no, no, coach – Johnson, Williams, hey, what, appreciate you. You're awesome. Yep. We love you. We love your family. We enjoyed your time here in Jonesboro or whatever. Uh, go get them. We're, unless we're playing you, boy, we're for the Tigers, Bulldogs, Vols, yeah. whatever. We're, we're for you. And then you go get the next guy. 
And then he comes in, and if he's there long term, one of two things, he either loved it and just decided to stay, which is great, or he's going to keep winning and he's going to get the next Ole Miss job or Kentucky job or Indiana or, or whatever, and Iowa. The other thing is, yeah. is you, make, you make your job more attractive for the next guy. So you, you actually continue. I mean, it's the same thing with Arkansas State. If you, I mean, I'm asking a serious question. I wish people would understand this. If Hugh Freeze never won it, if he did not win at Arkansas State. He wouldn't have gotten the Ole Miss job. But Gus Malzahn wouldn't have taken the job when he left. Right. And then if Gus Malzahn hadn't won, Brian Harson wouldn't have taken the job at Arkansas State. You, you see what I'm sure. saying? Like, not only do you get that, now you make your job a little bit more attractive for the next guy, and you can continue that success cause, so you can go get another coach. All right, so let's uh, let's jump into this. I got notes, man. I'm ready to go. All right. The football gods drop down into the Clark Ford Studios. Yep. And they say, all right, Tyler, who you got in the SEC West? And you say, oh, come on, it's Alabama. And they say, okay, who you got in the SEC East? And you say, it's Georgia. And they smile at you kind of mischievously, and they've got their crystal ball, and they go, we like you, Tyler. But to give you a little piece of information that nobody else has. The SEC championship game in Atlanta is going to be a doozy. Everybody's going to be talking about it. You guys are going to be talking about it. It's going to be the story in college football. And you're like, yeah, I, I get it. I get it. No, 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 you don't get it. Let me tell you who's not in the game. That's all we're going to tell you. Then we're leaving because we got, we got stuff to go to. We got a party, supermodels. and hope the guys aren't doing that. We got stuff going on, supermodels and fire trucks and everything. We're, go, we're, we're going. <laughs> and you say, okay, well, what is it? Alabama and Georgia aren't in that game. You're like, neither one of them? Neither one of them. And then poof, they're gone. The football gods just disappear because they're magic. Like, yeah. like the tooth fairy. So they're gone. They just left. And you're like, whoa. But you know they're right. Okay. Alabama's not in it. Georgia's not in it. That's a key piece of advice because there's money to be made now. And they, and they tell you, hey, you ought to go to Vegas with this. All right, where do you want to start, the east or the west? You pick. So we're heading, we're heading back. I was just in <clears> Vegas. <throat> we're heading back to Vegas. We're going to go to the MGM Grand Sportsbook, the Caesar Sportsbook. We're about to go, we're about to go put some money down. All right. Where do you want to go west or east to start? Let's go west. All right, we'll start in the west. So the SEC West is being won by someone not named Alabama. So we'll start here. What does that mean if I tell you that and you know that? And again, this is an exercise. It's right. July the 19th. Anybody who's going to crucify us over this, you're taking this way too seriously. Relax. Relax. Enjoy some rain. Enjoy some rain. Maybe, maybe put a little vodka in it and <laughs> chill. The first thing you would think is injuries really besieged Alabama, right? You would think that they lost some people early. Had to be injuries. That would be the – I just don't see – I mean, just the – yeah. I mean, I don't know either way to say it. I don't know if anything else could do it besides injuries. Okay. And <clears throat> I do want to go on record and let, them, let everybody know, too, is that may not do it either because there's a guy sitting behind uh, Bryce Young that's pretty damn good, too, now. That's what I've heard. I've yeah. heard the Simpson kid. I'll tell you one thing. I was told – something someone's told me close to the Alabama program. He's a dude. Is that when it's all said and done, he might be the best quarterback to ever go through there. You know, <clears throat> and I will get – Which is huge – We'll get to the question in just a second, but I do want to say this about him while we're talking about him because we may not talk about him again until we have to. <clears throat> Ty Simpson, 
I've seen this kid forever. I've known his dad. Dad's the head coach at University of Tennessee, Martin. He came to y'all's camps at Ole Miss when he was I mean, eighth grade, ninth had him, grade. He didn't even have hair in his arms. Yeah. I mean, and just uh, the right stuff. You know, we talked about it last week. And to see this kid improve over the course of about, I'd probably say from his junior year. I mean, he was already good. But to see how he grew as a junior, as a senior, and just he hasn't stopped improving. And I have people I trust in Tuscaloosa sure, uh, that tell me that, uh, yeah, he's he's that guy. Like he, he will be probably without question the next guy, regardless of who they go sign NIL-wise. Uh, that's, that's where um, I'll be. I don't know how much of a beat they would skip, I guess, if if he had to go in the game. Because he will be ready. That's the he's got the. Oh, he's been ready for a long time. Yeah. yeah. All right, but in, all right. Back to my exercise. Alabama's not in it. They didn't make it. Who? Who? How do you start to look at it? Do, right. you, do you start so, from the bottom and start eliminating, or, or what do you do? I mean, I, I got three teams. I think that that could be for consideration. Okay. All right, and those would be Texas A&M, LSU, and Arkansas. Okay. <clears throat> all right. So A and M obviously has the talent. You know, the question with A&M is going to be, for me, Texas A&M has all the talent in the world, and, they've, and they, they don't have to go very far. They just have to turn on last year's film to say, hey, look, you've already beat these guys. Yeah. They've already slayed the dragon. They've had a taste of it. Yeah. All right. Now, they, did they have some advantages in that game? Sure. It was at home, at night game. That's a tough place to play. If anybody's been down there, it just gets rowdy. They had a lot of things going for them. But I can tell you this, is that they do have the talent. And they've been, you know, everybody's talking about, well, those guys are freshmen. They've been recruiting well for a while. This isn't, this isn't like shocking. They just now last year decided to recruit. Mm-hmm. Like I hate that narrative that NIL, they've been NIL for a while. Okay. So they got dudes. I think that they, from a talent standpoint, I have to put them there where they're at right now and, and, and being the next team. However, they, they have to be consistent. They can beat literally, there's not a single team on their schedule that they cannot beat. Not one. They can literally beat everyone. And I think I don't think anybody can argue that with me. Because there's going to be games and there's going to be teams where they can't beat them. Like, let's, let's, let's slow down. They literally can beat every single team on their schedule. Now, with that being said, there has to be consistency, right? Because they always seem like they should have beaten Arkansas last year. But they didn't. But on the pay, on paper they should have. should have they got popped pretty hard they in the first po- half and they got they got it handed to them but they did yeah. you know but you go and you look at you know if you told Jimbo last year at the start of the season if you tell any Texas A and M fan hey look you know you're talking about the fairy godmother coming down hey look you're going to beat Alabama you're and you're going to beat Auburn how do you think they're feeling about their oh how they're making their reservations in Atlanta yeah yeah and who do they lose to they lose to both Mississippi schools they lose to Arkansas and they lose to LSU yeah. In Edwards Ron's last game. Those are the four games. Yeah, on the flip side, had you told Jimbo before the year you're going to lose to Arkansas, you're going to lose to LSU, and you're going to lose to both of the, of the Mississippi schools, he, he, he might have hurt himself. Yeah, he'd probably think he's going four and eight. Yeah, he would have thought this Because he's is, not going to beat anybody else. He's, he, he knows he's not beating the This is an unmitigated disaster. Correct. And so they can beat anybody, but they have to be consistent. They, they, they have to be. Um, I'd like to see a little bit more ex- explosive plays on offense, but regardless of what it is, I, I think that they're – Obviously, from a talent standpoint, I think they're the next team up from that. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data 
and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Okay, so let's talk about the path for A&M. Obviously, they've got to go to Tuscaloosa. Alabama's going to have that game circled. Yeah, that's – I've mean, been I've been on one of them circle games. That's on the other sideline. They're going to be ready for that one. They've got – they've got a weird schedule because, the, you know, they still have to play that early game against – they have that early game in Dallas against Arkansas that everybody always circles and goes, oh, that's A&M. They're going to win that game. And Arkansas the last couple of years has played that game pretty well. They, um, It's just one of those games, dude. In, always is. In 19, that game came down to the final possession, A&M won. In 20, it, wasn't on, it was because of the COVID thing. They played it in College Station. I'm going to throw that out. And then last year, Arkansas went down there and popped them. And, yeah, you're right. It's one of those games that I think if you're not – connected to one of the two schools. I never knew anything about that game until my daughters started going there. I didn't either. I mean, I know this is an old Southwest Conference deal, but... But both campuses just empty out yeah. for that game. I it mean, blows my mind. I, I had mean, no idea. I mean, you could... If, if you want to rob a bank in Fayetteville, that's the weekend to do it. Everybody makes the trip to Dallas. It's a giant party. It's a huge alumni base for both schools. Um, I think for Arkansas, it's one of the biggest alumni bases they have. I mean, it's just a massive party, and all the kids go down, and they all tailgate at Jerry World, and they go to the game, and, you know, it's September, and it's not hot, and so they stay for the whole game, and it's rowdy, and it gets loud, and whoever has the lead in that game has an advantage. And so it's my point is, is for A&M, on paper, that you go W. But in reality, it's not easy, and – yeah, none of them are, and that's the thing. And, too, we're going to go over this and obviously all that stuff and make sure the fans understand this. The one thing that drives me nuts about preseason predictions, and which 
and the SEC media is going to do this, I guess, tomorrow, whenever the last day is. They're, you're you're yeah. going to set the records based on whatever the hell they look like at the end of last year. And in today's world with the transfer portal and everything else that's going on, I don't think you can do that anymore. And I'll be honest with you, when we start picking games and stuff, I, I'm going to be guessing for about two weeks until I, I get to see them play. Right. You know, and that. But I just, for all the talent, I know what they have. I'm looking at rosters and players. Like, I'm judging this strictly on players and coaches and things like that, not what they did last year. They just have too much talent, man. I mean, you know, DJ Elliott was on our show last year. You know, he, he did it. And, and DJ went and watched them practice for about, like, four days. And I trust DJ. DJ's now, for those that don't know, DJ's now the defensive coordinator at Temple. He went, got back in it. And DJ, I mean, he knows ball. Uh, we almost hired him here, by the way. Um, <clears throat> but he told me that's the best football team he has seen talent-wise, just looking in the way the athleticism that he he may have ever seen. He goes, I've been to Alabama, and they, but it reminds you of like a really good Alabama team, that they're that talented and that good, and they have coaches. And when you have that kind of talent with the coaches, I mean, you can't help but win. So was it just quarterback play last year that got him? I think quarterback play had a big part of it, and that's what I'm saying with Haynes King. And now you got Max Johnson down there. Okay, and Max is, look, Max is, I'm not going to say Max Johnson's ready to win a Heisman Trophy. But he's a steady arm. You know, Calzada got in there and still beat Alabama, but Calzada wasn't ready last year. No. You know, and but he's talented. He just wasn't ready. And I, I think you got the King kid. I think you got the Johnson kid. I think they're stable enough at that position to be in, in, in Jimbo's offense to be able to move the football, and they're going to be good enough on defense to stop people. I'm really excited to see D.J. Durkin at Texas A&M with that talent. So let's talk about LSU. LSU, a lot of buzz this week all of a sudden at SEC Media Days. And, and I'll tell you why it is. Here's, the, here's where the buzz is coming from. The buzz is coming from the fact that the circus ran out of town and they've brought in stability. No matter what you think of Brian Kelly, he wins wherever he goes. He's a very good program runner and he's stable. And when LSU has had stability, LSU's been a bitch. Nick Saban won a championship there. Now, Saban's the best, and so you can kind of throw that out. Well, Saban went everywhere. He goes, okay, okay, cool. Everybody. But then Les Miles, who I like less, and I know he's kind of quirky and weird and stuff, but good dude, can run a good program. And before it got weird with him at LSU, he was doing a really good job. But He won a national championship there. Yeah. And then Ed Orgeron, who's known as a great recruiter, but nobody's ever going to accuse Ed Orgeron of being a great coach. Nobody's ever going to accuse Ed Orgeron of being a great program runner, of being a stable guy, of being, you know, the picture of, of serenity and stability and, hey, this thing is calm and we're just, we're just churning. He won a national championship there. So can Brian Kelly win a national championship? Yes, of course. I mean, yes. I would bet on it. Yeah, I mean, so, but there's this buzz now already, and, and people say, oh, they're super talented. And I'm like, that's funny because when I watched them last year, and, I, and, and to your point, we're doing the last year thing. But when I watched them last year in Oxford, I, they did not strike me as super talented. They were good. They had some talent because LSU is always going to have talent. And frankly, those uniforms are so sexy that everybody looks good at them. But I do like those, by the way. They're awesome. I mean, dude. But I didn't look at that team and go, oh, yeah, man. There's talent just all over the place. They're just underachieving. So I don't know where this is coming from that this year LSU is going to just light this, the, 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 the scene on fire. I, I don't know where that's coming from. I am, I do believe they have talent. Um, knowing who they've recruited, who they still have there, um, 
and this is where I'm going to start the whole conversation with LSU. One is, well, let's start it with Brian Kelly. And again, the guy's won literally every single place he's ever been. Yeah. Grand Valley State, okay, Central Michigan, Cincinnati, mm-hmm. Notre Dame. Yep. Okay, so we're going to say he's not going to win at LSU. Is that what we're going to say? You know what I mean? Like, he's going to win. Well, I think he's going to turn him back into a power. I, just, I think it's going to be I'm not like, ready to, I'm not ready to say it's happening this fall. Now, let's talk about this fall. Okay. Okay, he's got talent. He's got structure. Okay, the guy – and that's the thing it makes like when – when we talk about great coaches and, you know, guys that have – you know, we're talking about the greatest of all time and you're talking about those kind of guys. I always look at the coaches. That's why I always say like Nick Saban because think about how many coordinators he's had and how many different – I mean, it's a revolving door there. Mm-hmm. There has been so many people that has worked at that place since I've been gone. I don't even know who they are. Some guy, I mean, I meet people all the time. Yeah, I was at Alabama right behind you. I was like, I had no idea. I don't even know who you are. I mean, I, you know what I'm saying? Like, I didn't – you don't – and I didn't know people before me. It was just a big revolving door. And so sooner or later, the same th- uh, thing with Brian Kelly, is sooner or later it's got to come from the top. And a great head coach – and for people who think that head coaches actually coach, they don't coach. Now, they know what's going on, but they're not out there calling plays. Very few of them. Some of them do. But the vast majority of head coaches don't call plays. And that's why, like, some, just because you're a great coordinator doesn't mean you're going to be a great head coach. Great head coaches are very organized. They coach the coaches. They know what they want, and they can get that out. They, they manage their players, they, the culture of the team, and they're phenomenal recruiters. And as much as we want to talk about family and all that stuff, the guys, they're landing players now. They're well, recruiting they're, their ass They're off. recruiting at a really high level right now. I mean, he – and for those that, that question the NIL stuff with LSU, I, 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 and I've had a bunch of questions. I'm just saying they're recruiting at a high level right now. And you heard what he said yesterday. We will not be outbid. And he's that would tell me if I was a high school recruit, I'd be like calling LSU, um, see what had happened here was. <laughs> I mean, if you, you want to drive the price up. But anyway, the guy's going to win. And then so let's talk about this year. They have three quarterbacks that can play at a lot of, a lot of different schools. Okay, I've Nuss, known Nussmeier. I've known Grant Nussmeyer since he was knee high to a grasshopper, and he was like the best athlete. You know how you have those kids that are just badass athletes yeah. in, in like little league. He was that guy, one of the most athletic kids I've ever seen in my life. It was actually very fun and entertaining to watch. Uh, I worked with his dad at Alabama, Doug Nussmeyer, great dude, coaches for the Cowboys. Uh, for those that don't know, but he is—he's got the right stuff. I love the kid. I think he's a talented kid. Then you got the uh, Miles Brennan. Who I've also known forever. Yeah, you know when I was here with Freeze the first time, his brother was a walk-on quarterback for us here, which I don't know how many people knew that. I didn't know that. Yeah, his his brother was a walk-on quarterback here for us uh, back then, and then when I went to uh, South Alabama, um, our offensive coordinator Bryant Vincent, who's ironically the head football coach at UAB, just got named. Oh, um, congratulations! Yeah, yeah. Um, him and the high school coach at, at St. Stanislaus were best friends. So this kid came over all of our 707s. I'm like, holy shit. And they had uh, the Rogers kid, and they had another tight end that went somewhere else too. Um, but they had players. Got to see him a lot, a ton that summer. Um, and then they got Jaden Daniels. Jaden yeah. Daniels is a freaking football player, and a lot of people don't know about him because he's been in you know Pac-12 after dark. But they got three guys that I don't know who's going to win the starting job, but competition you know elevates people. And so whoever comes out as a starting quarterback out of that group is going to be pretty damn good. And Brian Kelly's always been good on offense. So I think they're they're a scary team for me. Um, I don't understand that. I I guess I do. The narrative is they're going to be okay. 
because they've been, you know, 500, what, two years in a row, roughly. Well, Grind brings this point up in the, in the thread. I won't quote it verbatim, but the offensive line's an issue for them. I mean, are they, can they improve enough from last year to this year up front to take care of that? I literally, I literally had that written down. So the big questions are on the offensive line. I do, I do want to say this about offensive line play. The days of, you know, fans think when offensive line, you know, they're going to have enough time to throw the ball. The days of sitting back in what we call five-man protection, what you see in the NFL on Sundays, mm-hmm. sitting back there, th- th- nobody does that anymore. It's RPOs, it's, it's run action, it's play action pass. You may ask drop back pass, you know, between five and ten times a game. But you're getting the ball out of the quarterback's hands. You're getting the ball out of the quarterback's right. hand. Now, the most important thing is, is which they were not able to do in the past couple of years, is run the football effectively. Now, from an offensive line standpoint, can they run the ball effectively? To me, in today's game, Offensive line play is more about can you run the ball effectively to set up your – you want to run the ball effectively just for your RPOs as much as play action pass and everything else. You know, to your point, I, when I was in Vegas, I finished the Andrew Luck podcast. And so much of Andrew Luck's frustration with the Colts was not – it wasn't about protecting him as much as it was about getting an offensive line and a running back that could establish a run game so that – the play action could be implemented into their offense to allow him to utilize his God-given tools. The guys on the edge are too good now to sit back like a statue. If you go back there, if you literally went back, I'm not talking about this hasn't been that long ago. You know, I think they're talking about changing a rule back from, if they change the rule back from three yards to one yard, you're going to see another shift in college football again offensively because the RPO games are going, the RPOs are going to go down. Um, But for me, it's about can they establish the run enough to set up the RPOs and to do those things. And if they can do that, they're going to be dangerous now because they're going to be good on defense. All right, so let's talk about Arkansas because it's a team that nobody talks about. Uh, You and I were talking about this today. I I said I don't really know what the – there's a negative tone with the media with Arkansas. Arkansas was 9-4 and a year ago. They were a play away from beating Ole Miss. They – whacked Texas, they popped A&M, they played Alabama very well, uh, they played a really close game against Mississippi State and won it, could have easily lost it, played poorly against Auburn and lost, um, beat LSU, um, had an interesting season, went 4-4 four and four in the league and won all their non-league games. Um, yet, people are doing this, ah, they're 6-6 six and six team. And they, they look at their schedule and they go, play Cincinnati. I'm like, yeah, but Desmond Ritter's not there. They play Liberty. Yeah, okay, cool, but Malik Willis isn't there. Those are not going to be the same teams. They return a quarterback who people do this deal with. You know, he's K.J. Jefferson's not going to be an NFL quarterback. Well, he's not playing in the NFL right now. That, he's going to play in, in – this is the SEC. It's not the NFL. I mean, I, he's got Kendall Bryles back as his coordinator on offense. Sam Pittman does. He's got – uh, Barry Odom back as his defensive coordinator. He's got his quarterback back in K.J. Jefferson, who put up big numbers a year ago, and, and Kendall's quarterbacks get better year to year to year. They always have. It stands to reason that they will this year. They've returned their offensive line. They've got a stable of running backs. They, they lost Burks, but they brought in the kid from Oklahoma. I think his name is Hazelwood or Hazelhurst or yeah. something. Good player. Um, they – a lot like Ole Miss brought in a lot of new faces on defense out of the transfer portal. And there's, you know, Lane Kiffin talked the other day about culture. Lane's concerned about culture, clearly. A lot of them are. Yeah. Sam Pittman has been able to, in, sh- in short order, 
begin to kind of build culture there. There's a, there's a, you can kind of see that with some of the kids that they're recruiting. Um, if the football gods came down and said, who's winning the West, I wouldn't pick Arkansas, but they would cross my mind. I'm not dismissing them as much as other people are. Now, you know, they get Alabama at home. I don't know that it matters really. I, you know, the gap's so wide. In much the same way I feel that way about Ole Miss. People say Ole Miss gets Alabama at home. And I'm like, yeah, but there's such a gap there that I, I don't know that it matters. But I would, if you told me, hey, the Alabama's not going to the championship game, something happened. Not telling you what happened, but something happened and they didn't get there. Arkansas would be on my list of teams that I'd have to c- contemplate. You have to. I don't know. I'm sure you've talked about it on here before, but <clears throat> going to Fayetteville and playing a game, probably the most underrated hard place to play in the world. Every time, and like you, and you think about it, and it's like you you forget sometimes because, you know, when I was here with Freeze the first year, and we had just beaten Auburn when Jeff Scott, they didn't call Jeff Scott down, we scored, we beat Auburn. And then they had won an SEC game in like 164 years before we got here. Mm-hmm. Then we go to play Arkansas the next week, and that was the Petrino wasn't there that year. That was the uh, uh, what was the coach's name? Uh, J- John Smith. Yeah, yeah. I think cause I can't remember. That game was in Little Rock, though. It was right? in Little Rock, right, right. And we walked it off with a field goal. Yeah. All right. Freeze goes back two years later with a really damn good team and gets his teeth kicked in. Bo and those guys. Yeah, yeah. Like thirty to nothing or something crazy. Yeah, I think it was thirty to nothing. And then I'm in Alabama, <clears throat> and we go there. And they're not very good. And we got – I'm talking about – you talking about lucky? And I wouldn't – if there's Alabama fans listening, they I don't think they realize how lucky we got. They – we were winning um, uh, 14-13 late in the game, like in the last drive of the game. And they were driving. Like they just had to get in field goal range. And they ran a – you know, I, I'm trying to describe it to fans, but basically ran a rub route with a tight end where they faked – uh, outside zone, and the tight end comes up by the back sideline, and we busted the coverage. Our linebacker was supposed to cut the tight end and didn't. And Landon Collins was supposed to be rolling back into the middle of the field in coverage. And he, as he's rolling back, he sees kind of sees what's happening because that's a play that they've hit us on before, and leaves his responsibility. Basically, leaves the post butt ass naked in the middle of the field. And the quarterback just blindly threw it to the wheel route, and he recovered and picked the ball off on the sideline. Oh, we're, wow. we're losing that game. It literally, like, Landon Collins was doing what he was not supposed to do. He basically gambled, put it all in. And if, if the quarterback had just came off and gone to the post, he walks into the end zone. But they had already hit us on it once before, and he came off of his responsibility and picks it off, and that's why we won the game. That's a hard place to play. It's, it's a tough-ass trip. They put you in a hotel. There's nothing that, you know, it's just really, it's a tough trip. They put you in a hotel in Rogers, kind of away from everything. And yeah, it's, it's different. Yeah. And it's just, and it can be the weather's different up there. Like it was, it was like dreary kind of deal. Mm -hmm. And we got very fortunate to win that game. And every time somebody goes to Fayetteville to play, that's like, if I was the AD at, at Arkansas, we're not playing anything in Dallas or Little Rock. You're coming to Fayetteville every time. That's the biggest unused home field advantage in the league. All right, what about Ole Miss? I just don't think they're at that top three yet. I think uh, I think uh, eight and four is probably their ceiling, just where they're at. I think I agree. I, I've, I'm, 
I'm, I'm going to end up making people mad here. I, I, my, my pick, I think, this year for Ole Miss when I do it is going to be 8-4, and four, and I'm going to tell people if I'm off a game, if, you t- if, if the gods come down and go, oh, you're off one game. So I didn't know right then. Okay, they're either nine and three or seven and so five. I'm picking seven and five. I'm going seven and five. Yeah. I, I, I'm just, I'm not ready to go there. And it's on paper, right? I mean, and I think Lane said this in his deal the other day is like we're sitting here talking about we're we're just saying you know Georgia Tech's gonna suck. We're saying we're gonna you know all this stuff. We don't know. Georgia Tech could come out and beat everybody's ass this year. It, it's very. Lane was concerned yesterday. There's 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 things that I don't know what it was with him. I, I, I was we're taping this on a Tuesday, so I should say Monday. I'm trying to be. I need to be a better journalist here. I, I and and Lane's not a coach speak guy. No, he'll tell you what he thinks. Um, you know he, he'll if if he. He won't come out ever and say, hey, look, we're better than them. We're going to destroy them. That's not what he does. But you can tell. <laughs> yeah, you know. And and uh, he's he's got some concerns. I mean, there are – I think it's mostly um, – It's the unknown, right? It's it's mostly – it's cultural. It's He, he talked about – again, I give the guy a ton of credit because we – in our field, not your field, but in my field, we always say, gosh, I wish we'd have more coaches who would be more, you know – honest about things and then a coach gets honest about it and you you, you drill you, him about you, it you punch him in the <laughs> face but he said hey th- th- we have some culture problems basically what he said you know what it is is he goes it's not something you can't fix but it's something we got to work on he he repeatedly said we go into preseason camp with more to do than x's and o's yeah I, we got it we got, we're bringing in guys all these guys from different programs right from Mississippi State and Auburn and Central Michigan and Western Kentucky and SMU and TCU and um, I'm sure I'm leaving uh, East Carolina, East yeah. Carol- FAU, whatever, FIU, I think. You're bringing in all these people and you're saying, hey, you all did things different ways, USC. You all did things different ways at these schools. Now, you're all coming here and we're asking you to do it the way we do it. Now, how do we do it? Well, we don't really know yet. Why? Because we got here, and then COVID hit us, and so we had weird year. Yeah. And then we had 2021, which was the first normal year, and in that year you were blessed. And I'm not taking anything away from what the job they did. They did an amazing job to go 10-2 and two last season. But you were blessed with Matt Corral, at quarterback, and you were blessed with Sam Williams and, and Cedric Johnson and those guys up front on defense. And then you went out to their credit. They knew they had to get a linebacker. And DJ Durkin had an association with Chance Campbell, and they brought him in, and Chance was a Boy Scout, an Eagle Scout. He was perfect. He he fit, and to their credit, they had Mark Robinson, and they moved him from running back to linebacker, and DJ did a fantastic job with yeah. Mark Robinson. And DJ's a good ball coach. And those two guys, Campbell and Robinson, stabilized the middle of that defense, and Sam Williams went off and had a special season. My man. And, and so – and again, I don't say any of that to minimize the job that they did at all before anybody thinks that I am. But now you get into year three and they have a lot of holes and they went transfer portaling to do it. And I've said this and we talked about this last week. Yeah. Maybe it's the right way. Maybe they overdid it. I think Lane even yesterday kind of hinted at, yeah, you know, we don't know. You know, maybe. Well, I, nobody does. Nobody I, knows. I but, mean, if they get through the Kentucky, in my opinion, if they get through the Kentucky game undefeated. I think you're setting yourself up for a real – because now – because I think Kentucky's good. I do too. We're going to get to the East. We'll get to the minute, East in but I, I agree with you. If they get through the Kentucky game, you tell me they're undefeated leaving the Kentucky game, I, I'm – okay, I'm in. Let's go. What we got? Because I, I think where I think Kentucky's at 
and I don't know about spread. I, I don't know about what the spread's going to be and all that stuff. I like, really like Kentucky this year. Um, if they get through that game undefeated, I think they can. You know, we talk about culture, right? Part of the, it's not culture is not about culture is what happens. How do you deal with adversity? What you don't want to happen is if you don't have great culture and you lose a game that you're not supposed to lose, you have to make sure the kids understand. It's like let's say let's say it goes bad. Let's say they lose to Kentucky and they turn around and they lose to Auburn. Yeah. If you got bad culture on your team, the kids go, well, shit, we got to go to Baton Rouge this week, you know, and they, they don't show up. If you got good culture on your team, hey, that's just two games. It's what I like about their schedule. And if you told, if, again, we do the football gods thing. If the football gods came down, I think we did this on episode one. If they came down and said, hey, Neil, I, you, you can ask me about one Ole Miss game and I'll tell you the score. And that's all I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you, then I'm going to poof, disappear. I'd say, okay, tell me the Kentucky score. You know what mine would be? The Auburn game. Why? Because I, that would tell me a lot about uh, where both programs are that I have questions about. Okay. <laughs> but if, if you tell them, if you ask me, say, tell me the Kentucky score, and I say, okay. And they, and they, and they say, all right, um, Kentucky 27, Ole Miss 17. I'm like, okay, it's trouble. They, they don't have offense going. But on the flip side, if you say Ole Miss 27, Kentucky 20, I'm like, some bitch. They might be 7-0 and when they go to Baton Rouge. And to my point, even if you have a culture development issue in August, well, once oh, you're you, at 7-0, and it, it might be all solved. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, like, winning, everything's good when, when you're winning, right? Everything's yeah. hunky-dory. If you're 7-0 and going into Baton Rouge, oh, man, they, hey. Yeah, you're ready. It, it's going to be fun. Yeah, yeah. But if you're if you're not if you're not then that's where the culture problem comes in and then this second half of the schedule and that's where to me from a coaching standpoint where culture is concerned all right you got to go to Baton Rouge that sucks you got to go to A&M that sucks you got to go to out you got a bye week which look even though you're not playing anybody if you lose before a bye week that sucks because it's, it's another a long week. week. It's a long week, long yeah. ass week, and you got to think about it for a long time. You don't get that taste out of your mouth. And then here comes Bama. And then here comes Alabama. Shit. And then and then you got to go Fayetteville. Then you got to go Fayetteville. It, right. it starts to. That's where the culture concerns come in. It's not about the winning part because winning everything's hunky dory. How are they going to deal with adversity hits? And it's going to hit, whatever way it hits. It's going to hit at some point in time. And culture is concerned how you how you deal with it. If it could be an injury. I mean, look at Alabama, right? A couple of years ago when Tua gets hurt. That was, even though they were winning, when I mean, they were dominating that game. That's a, how do you respond when your best player gets hurt if you're undefeated? It doesn't matter. You're going to have it. It's so, just a matter of how you deal with it. So do you even think about Mississippi State or, or Auburn in the West? Or just too many questions? Like, my, I'll say real quick, because I know Grind's on here. He's a big Auburn guy. Auburn, I don't know. I don't know who's playing quarterback. Um, but look, bound to be Calzada, right? I'm kind of hoping it's my man Robbie Ashford, but I don't know. I really don't know. Um, even though they're a quick U client, um, but Auburn always finds a way, man. I can't explain it. It's like a, it's like a, I know, and I don't know, but they always find a way, and I think they're going to win some games they're not supposed to win. They always do. It's well, they just, could get off to a hot start. They beat Penn State at home, and suddenly you get some confidence. Very similar, and, right? Yeah, and then you get you know you get LSU early, and LSU. I don't know what LSU is going to be like in the month of September, yeah. and you know it's like LSU's got to go to Starkville, kind of. Yeah, there's there's a lot of. Is LSU is it 
Is the game in Baton Rouge? I couldn't tell you. Okay. But I, I do know this. Brian Harson is a ball coach. He's a very good schematic coach. He's very organized. I like what he's doing from a football standpoint. Um, and look, I don't know. I just – I have no reason to say this. Anything on paper, nothing tells me that they're going to go out and win 10 games or anything like that. I'm just saying – from, I think they'll be a little bit better than last year. Not a lot, but, but just a little bit better. And I think there's enough improvement. If I had a hot take, I think Harson's back for year three. Why do we give Mississippi State no shot at all? All right, so here's the thing. I wrote this down. Nobody is talking about it. I mean, I, they probably love it. I, no would, one, I would. It would be yeah. – it, it be. I'm loving it if I'm a State fan. I'm loving it because nobody's t- giving us a chance and nobody's talking about us. It's not even like – they're not even like – talking bad about you they're just not really talking about you you're not in the conversation there's so many other storylines right right you got brian kelly you got the a&m thing going on you got alabama going on they're they're like and you got lane over here in your own state taking your you know your your spotlight right i mean they're just hiding the shadows i will say this about mississippi state is everybody's gonna count them out but i will say this about mike leach i mean when he went to washington state everybody was like i mean that was a that was a dead man walking program and guess what they did well, they started winning. They started winning. Yeah. And they beat a lot of teams they're not supposed to beat. They score points. And they he's got guys back, the right guys. He's got coordinators back. He's got quarterback back. Again, on paper, look going based off last year, I see what everybody sees, and I like I can't argue with you. I just don't – I think they're going to end up winning games they're not supposed to win. I, I, I do. I think they're that kind of team. The same thing he did at Washington State. The same thing he did at Texas Tech. It's the same place. You know, he goes to Texas Tech, and nobody really – you know, gave him a, I mean, it was a dead man walking program out there, too. And he did the same thing in the Big 12. Like, he's going to beat teams he's not supposed to beat. This podcast brought to you by Rain Total Body Fuel, 300 milligrams of natural caffeine, BCAAs, electrolytes, zero sugar. It's got what you need to push the limits, achieve your goals. Check them out on Instagram at Rain Body Fuel to learn more. All right. So, we talked a lot about the West. Yep. In large part, because in the West, if someone told you, Hey, it's not Bama. You're like, God, man, there's a bunch of teams I got to think about here. In the East, two things. One, when the football gods tell me Alabama's not in the SEC title game, I'm shocked. I'm like, oh, my God. I mean, what happened? When they tell me Georgia's not in it, I go, I get it. And and people go, why? And I'm like, well, here's why. If you watch the NFL draft back in late April, about every other word Roger Goodell said was Georgia. He'd say, with the f- first pick, Georgia defensive, Georgia defense, Georgia linebacker, Georgia. There's a bunch of dudes. bunch of dudes. And I don't care how good you're recruiting. I, and I know they're recruiting great. <laughs> they are. But <laughs> when, you lose, when you lose six, seven defensive guys that go the first two rounds of the NFL draft, you, I realize you plug in new guys. And they're good and they're talented, but you do have a step back because those were, man, those were really impactful players. Like last year, a couple of games come to mind for me: Auburn, Arkansas, um, even the second Alabama game. At times, they were so dominant on defense that it gave the offense time. At the offense, there was no pressure. It's like a pitcher who's. A pitcher takes the mound, right, in the in the in the bottom of the first inning. The four run lead. And the yeah, and, and his offense went and got him a seven spot. 
okay, I'm all right here. I just got to pound the strike zone. If, Johnny Forcing. If they hit me a little bit, they hit me. But, you know, don't, don't walk anybody. Don't be stupid. Let's just pitch. I'm good. Because two things. One, he's thinking to himself, I got a seven-run lead, and my offense is probably not done. And that's what you would think at, at Georgia last year, and I thought they did. I thought it was an advantage for them is that, hey, we don't have to be great over here. Just don't beat ourselves. And they're not scoring. We're good. Yep. And now I don't I don't know if you have that element to that extent. I know it's this is the challenge for Kirby defending a title and replacing so much talent and all of that, but I think even if Georgia ends up winning the championship again, I do think they're gonna take a small step back because I just think it's inevitable. Yeah, I think so for me, and this is what I was I always want I don't know why more people don't talk about this. Like I always remember um and I know it's probably since changed. I asked uh, Nick one time, Coach Saban, I said, what's the best team you ever had? And this was like, I think this was like 13. And he said, I'll be coaching a long time, and I don't think I'll ever coach a team as talented as our 2010 team. He goes, the only problem is, is we went 10-3. and three. And so – That was a team that lost to Utah in the Sugar Bowl? No. So okay. they had won the national championship and gone undefeated in 2009. Okay. Mark Ingram wins the Heisman Trophy. They have – everyone back literally they have everybody back for 2010 and they go to south carolina and get popped about okay. fourth or fifth week of the season they lose to lsu and then they lose to auburn that was the year auburn won the national championship they lose okay. to cam newton like 28 27 whatever the game was okay but they literally had every single person back and and so he always said this it's the eating uh, something that i really i've heard it before but i never understood it until i got to alabama so you could see what it looked like he always said getting to the top is the easy part. Being Getting to the top of the mountain, that's the easy part. The hard part is staying on the mountain because every single week you're the number you're, – you're, 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 you're circling everybody's you're, calendar. You're the Super Bowl. Right? Yeah, and so, sure. I mean, and that's true. We'd go to Kentucky and it'd be like pandemonium at Kentucky before sure. they were, you know, good. Um, <laughs> but so this is like Kirby's first shot. He got to the top. Now – Staying there is going to be the hard part. Now, are they talented enough to beat every team they play? Absolutely. And I mean all of them. They could win them all. And, yes, he did lose a lot. But, you know, Alabama's lost a lot over the years too, and they find the way back. Like, he's got that kind of talent and that kind of culture in there, and they're doing an unbelievable job in recruiting. NIL or no NIL, it doesn't matter. They're doing a great job um, with great elite players, and they're going to get 25 elite players every year. I guess now it doesn't matter. They're going to fill the roster up with elite players. Um, And so staying at that – at that mountaintop, and and uh, that's going to be the hard part for them. So the two teams in the East, if you told me it's not Georgia, I would only consider two teams. I agree with that. I would consider Kentucky, and I would consider Tennessee. And I like both quarterbacks on these teams. I like Will Levis, and I like Hendon Hooker a lot. I really like Will Levis. I, I know, and a lot of people do. And, you know, Ryan Brown, my friend at W – used to be at WJOX. He's at, yeah. now at the next round. I thought he made a great point. I was talking to him last week on the Oxford Exxon podcast, and he said, you know, I'm not saying they're right, I'm not saying they're wrong, but if you talk to some NFL people, and I know you know a lot of NFL people, and Ryan knows some, and I know some too, and they all are really high on Will Levis, and maybe they're all wrong. It's possible. So before everybody goes crazy and goes, well, Will Levis sucks. I'm not saying he doesn't. I'm not saying he does. NFL people are really intrigued as of this moment, July the 19th, with Will Levis as a 
not only a first-round pick, but a top-of-the-first-round pick. Yes, that is accurate. So if they're right, then they're pretty good at this. They miss, but they don't always miss. They have some hits too. If they're right and Will Levis takes that step to become an elite NFL prospect quarterback, I don't really see a scenario, Tyler, where Kentucky's not really good. Yeah, I think they're going to be really good. I also think Kentucky's the – I'll put it like this. I think it's going to be a weird year, right? I would have picked Tennessee over Kentucky. I'm a big – I'm high on Tennessee. Okay. However, and I'm going to say this, we're talking about who's in the SEC championship game, right? Yeah, we're doing an exercise where the football gods gave us this massive tip. If you look who the crossover games are for those two teams, which count the SEC standings, Mm -hmm. okay, Kentucky has to play Mississippi State and Ole Miss. Right. Tennessee has to play Alabama and go to Baton Rouge. I would, you know, I don't mean to hurt anybody's feelings on here. No, it's true. But if I was a coach, I would rather play Ole Miss and Mississippi State than go play – and if you gave me a choice to go to Baton Rouge and play Alabama at home, if I didn't have to play Alabama, I wouldn't want to play Alabama, you know, because that's going to be a that's going to be an L. And Kentucky gets Georgia at home. And Kentucky gets Georgia at home, and 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 we're saying Georgia's out of it. So I mean, this could if that happened, that's this is why I think Georgia. It's almost like I don't know how they don't get there because I don't think Kentucky and Tennessee both beat Georgia. And I, if that happened, I mean, Tennessee could probably could end up beating. Kentucky, but not going to the SEC championship game because they have to play those two. They have to play Alabama and go on road to LSU for their crossover games. It could be a real weird, wacky year in the East if Georgia doesn't go. Jason Peep says if Levis is a top ten pick, I'll cut a body part off. Jason, don't don't, don't say do that, things dude. like that. Don't like, do and don't dude, don't do that. Yeah, don't do that. Let, at least wait to like week six before you're getting ready to say that. I I was. Uh, I was I'm I'm gonna be honest with you. I was kind of with the guy until I actually studied the kid. He's good, man. Like he he doesn't they don't get covered enough. I guess I don't know what. They, but when you watch game film, he's pretty damn impressive. Well, they don't get covered a lot, and he 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 was a primetime games, I guess. Yeah, and and look, it's about culture. Mark Stoops has dude, really built culture there, dude. Let me tell you something. They have an identity. They're gonna be tough as hell. They're gonna be good on defense, you know. And you got it's the first time they've had like a. Like a, you have a really good quarterback and a you got a playmaker in the right spot, and then something else. But while we're on the Will Levis NFL train, one of the big reasons that he is so highly one of he's talented, but the system they're running, you know, Stoops has gone to this NFL model where he's bringing in NFL coaches, right? And they're running an NFL system, and so that has so much value these days with quarterbacks because. The art, the the tempo offenses, and it's so hard for quarterbacks to learn. Not, I shouldn't say that. The smart ones will be fine, but I'm just saying it's a very it's a different game for quarterbacks. It's a different learning curve. It's a different learning curve. Mm-hmm. Instead of coming up here and going, okay, it's one high, two high. There's my one high beater on this side, my two high beater on this side. Hey, I'm running an RPO on this play, so all I got to do is look at one guy. If he steps to run, I'm going to dish it. That won't work in the NFL. Yeah, it's all progression. It's all you know, one, two, three, four. You got hots. Nobody throws hots anymore. You know, and there's a lot. It's a totally different game from a quarterback's perspective, and so him being in an NFL offense, literally with the terminology, you know, that makes him attractive. All right, it's Kentucky, it's Tennessee. I like. I criticized the hype hire when it happened. I, I, I'm starting to think I was wrong. Really? 
yeah, a little bit. It just felt uninspired to me, and I was wrong. So I'm I'm man enough to admit that I, I miss I miss one here and there. Um, I miss one a lot more than that. I, I miss a lot, but when you do this for a living, you you're going to miss stuff. Yeah, um, part of it. Nobody talks about Florida, and I don't see it. I know that the uniform says Florida, but the roster doesn't. The roster doesn't say Florida. The roster says, eh. Look, I'll I'll say this about Florida. I know Billy Napier. We're friends. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. He's very quiet. Usually means a good thing for him if he's quiet. Um, I will they're say not off to a great start though. They're not. They don't have a lot of recruiting momentum. Yeah, they, they, there's just stuff. I, I, I will. I want to say this to if there's Florida fans listening, just give my man time. Just give him time. I don't care what it starts like. Like I don't know. I I, I don't know. I can't. They could be good. They could be not good. I I don't know. But I can tell you this is Billy is. I've always said this of all the guys that that I work with at Alabama. Billy's the one I always said, look, this guy's going to get a head coaching job, and y'all watch out mm-hmm. because he's that organized, he's that detailed, he's 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 got it, and he knows what he's doing. And contrary to proper belief, they they got the little NIL collective thing. They're they're not up in tier one yet, but they're they're banging on the door. Um, I, I like I like what they're doing. And Billy, the thing that I like of what Billy's doing. How many head coaches you see get jobs that come from the group of five level to the power five level that they kind of fall in line? This is how we do it here, and they kind of fall in line in that. Billy's saying, F you, I'm doing it my way. Right. And he doesn't care what you think. And guys that usually don't – think about how, who, what coaches don't care what other people think about what they're doing. Well, a lot of the ones we talk about at the really high levels. Nick Saban doesn't give a shit. Right. Lane definitely doesn't give a shit. No. He's doing pretty good. So far. Kirby doesn't give a shit. Seems to be going okay. You, you see what I'm saying? Like sure. guys, that, yeah, no, guys that, that Napier was very selective. I mean, he waited till he got a place that that was going to let him do it his way. Billy could have had a lot of jobs, sure, a lot of jobs, right? And and it wasn't that he wasn't offered the jobs. He was like, I'm not doing that job. He he waited for the right one. Now, I don't know why Florida was. I haven't talked to him about why he thought Florida was the best one. We don't talk about that shit. But um, just a good dude, man, and he knows what he's doing. Um, so if I'm a Florida fan, I'm glad I got him. A job that he could have had with South Carolina, he didn't take it. Shane Beamer's the coach there. He's got Spencer Rattler at quarterback. They are. If you said, "Hey, what are the teams?" I'm a fan. What are the teams that you're interested in watching early yeah. in the season? Like just out of curiosity, South Carolina's kind of up there for me. So, well, I said this. We talked about this, I guess, on maybe it was hand raised guys I did with you a couple months ago when it was South Carolina. They got better every week. They had a freaking GA playing quarterback. And they got better every week. We talk about culture. There may not be a better culture. I mean, you got some good culture guys in this league with Beamer, with Pittman, with Kirby. You got some and Billy now. You got some good culture guys that build, that motivate players and can get them, you know, doing what they're, you know, buy into what they're doing. Yeah, dude, I really like what he's doing at South Carolina. They got talent at quarterback now. That's going to be the million dollar question. You know, is how the Spencer Rattler play in South Carolina. But I think Beamer's going to be fine with him, and he had a previous relationship with him in Oklahoma. He know he knows what he's buying, and and look, I think South Carolina's one of those teams. I'm not sitting here and saying they're going to go to the championship game, but do I think they beat somebody they're not supposed to? Yes. Yeah, their game in Fayetteville, I think it's in week two, is to me early on a must-watch game. Yeah, and because it's got whoever kind of not necessarily who wins it, but just how that game shakes out, how it looks. That the. 
you know, the the well, the winner of that game, I think, comes is going to come out of it with some momentum, and that's a that's a game that I think South Carolina could win that game, depending on what Rattler does. I think that's a game where you know KJ Jefferson could could sort of establish that no, no, I'm better. I'm I I didn't I wasn't as dependent on Burks, and like that's Carolina. They 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 got to seven and six last year, and he got the mayonnaise bath and all that stuff. But like it was. It was touch and go a lot of times, and then they just kind of believed and fought. They played with a like a grad assistant at quarterback at one point. He was a I grad mean, assistant. Yeah, I mean, you know, it was it was. Here's the thing: it was a I, hell of a job. I did not know this until today, but it says something about the culture. Like, I wish the fans could understand how hard it is to get your kids back after you lose a game, and especially like when everybody goes and you're playing in this league. Every single team, when they start out, they're like, "Hey." We win this league, we're going to win the whole thing. Right. And you lose a game or two, and you realize, man, that goal's kind of gone. And you start looking, you know, what's next? You know, am I going pro? Am I opting out? You start, your 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 mind starts to change. And so how hard it is to get these guys back up. But I heard this today. It was a very interesting deal. I did not realize this. South Carolina never lost two games in a row last year. They lost a game. Every game that they lost, they won the next week. Is that right? That's right. And that, that says something about that, right? Sure. And especially when you got a, a, a GA playing quarterback. He was able to keep a positivity inside the building. And he's got – and that's talking about underrated places to play now. Oh, yeah. They got – he's got them excited. I would not want to be playing in uh, Columbia, South Carolina early in the season for sure. No, because it gets rocking. It gets rocking. That place yeah. is that, – that's a tough place to play. Obviously, no Missouri, no Vanderbilt. Is there? I will. I will. I'm going to say my interest part. I'm interested in Missouri because of the transfer portal. They took a ton of dudes. Yeah. All right, and they have good coaches. You know, Drink's a good good ball coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kevin Peoples, who I've worked with, I think's one of the best, if not the best, defensive line coach in the country. Um, is that left Indiana is now at Missouri. Our man Jacob Peeler, who we have, a lot of Ole Miss fans know, is great guy. Great guy. Mm-hmm. Phenomenal recruiter. He's now at Missouri. But I want to see kind of like how the – I mean, they basically retooled – they took the Ole Miss approach, right? They they went heavy, 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 heavy portal. And I want to see the cult – you know, and you heard Eli say it at, at his – Drinkwitz say it at his uh, press conference as well. The culture, see how that works out. Um, it's more of a – I'm interested in watching to see how that works out. And uh, Vandy, look, I'll, I'll say this. Did you watch any of the media days today? I just noticed that Clark, who I like, Looks like he's put a few pounds on, and I just made the observation that, as a guy who looks a lot like Clark Lee, Clark, my man. Unfortunately for us, the follicle gods were bad. <laughs> they're bad on me too. If it makes you feel better, and when they're that bad, you can't gain twenty pounds because every pound in your face shows. Yeah. I will say that's this. all I could think about yeah. today. Was looking at Clark. Was like, hey, you, you're going to have to try something different. If I was a Vanderbilt fan, and that's where I just if that was what I, I raised. I mean, I'm a Vandy Commodore fan. I would be excited that he's my head coach. Yes, I think he's trying to do it the right way. He is, and he's trying to do it the way that they had done it there when he was there. You know, and they're trying to build it. And he's working his ass off. And I love his mentality. I do too. I love his mentality. But you know what I would hate if I were a Vanderbilt fan. What would, what would cross my mind is, you know, if this guy who clearly knows what he's doing, this guy who's got a plan, who's patient, who's persistent, if in the event that he can't get it going, I know James Franklin did it. But Different if, circumstances. But, yeah. But if Clark Lee can't get it done, can't get 
and I don't mean like win the league. I'm not talking about that. I just become competitive, get to where you can win two or three SEC games a year and win your non-league games and get to a bowl game and build a little momentum and maybe you get to a place where you can pull off an upset here and an upset there. If he can't do it, I don't know that anybody can. Under that, under those conditions, yes. And, I, and the conditions were different when James Franklin was there, right? So the admissions, you know, they, they got a lot of waivers and things like that, and Franklin was able to get some players in. And then they had that issue. I don't remember. I don't remember it was involved in receivers. It was actually when we were here, like it was all going on. But, I mean, Frank, that place is like, look, you can recruit to that place if you're – if your circumstances are the same as everybody else. If you go say, hey, I can get 25 admission waivers a year to Vanderbilt, Mm -hmm. I'm sure somebody, I'm just guessing here, I don't know this, maybe you do, I'm sure somebody with a Vanderbilt degree has has some coin. Yeah. If they could get excited and give give a little money from the NIL perspective and you give them them some waivers, like I'm assuming there's got to be somebody with a Vanderbilt degree that's got coin. Yeah, my understanding is the problem there. And again, I'm not an expert on Vanderbilt and don't pretend to. Uh, one of my good friends is, is uh, Chris Lee, who does a fantastic job covering uh, Vanderbilt for rivals, Vander, vandysports.com. Uh, he's also with uh, southeastern14.com. Chris is just a, one of the best people in, in my field. Uh, covered Vandy for a long time. I, 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 I don't want to put words in his mouth, but I'm, I'm paraphrasing, I think, or interpreting what he's told me is that yeah, Vandy obviously has a lot of big donors, but it's not cool yet right, to, to be the donor to athletics. Yep. It's cool to be the donor to you know the, law the school. medical school or yeah. the law school or whatever, but you know you, you get a little look down your nose if you're the guy that's giving money to football players. And so it's going to take a coach like Clark Lee to get something going, to get people excited, to get people proud enough for someone to go, you know what? You guys can make fun of me, but I enjoy us being competitive. And so I'm going to give $2 million to some NIL program to give our players $20,000 a piece a year or whatever in some sort of annuity or whatever, however that works. Right. And, 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 but that's the step. And, and to do that, it's, it's chicken and egg a little bit. And so he's, he's got he's to build enough where they win some games – like the non-league games, he can't can't lose the Tennessee State game or whatever, right? right? He's got to win those games, and then you and then you got to like I thought for them they had a really good showing in Oxford late in the season, like they, they were really competitive against against Ole Miss, and he's got to build on some games like got to have more games like that where when they play in Auburn or a Florida or whatever, maybe you don't win, but is one of the, the one that- of the one of the storylines is people are like you know what they're getting closer they they were all right they gave florida all they wanted they gave kentucky all they wanted and they haven't been able to say that the last couple of years is this the year i i'm going to say i'm going to say yes i'm going can i can i go hot take it might be the same hot take i've had go ahead this is going to be a year that we we all watch the 11 o'clock window and we turn on the 2:30 cbs game and it's a good game mhm and you turn it on, you're like, okay, game's over with. I, I want to watch this 6 o'clock game on SEC Network. And you go to click it over, but the 4 o'clock game is still on. And it's Vandy versus whoever. Yeah. And they they pop one at home. Is this the year? I'm going to say it is. Well, I don't know who it's going to be. That's been my hot take is that Vandy's going to win one game in the league. And everybody's like, but, but, but. I'm like, I, I, just, have, I just have this feeling – 
I, I really like one game. I really well, like. I like Clark too. After what I heard heard him say today, and look, and people are like, "This guy's crazy." He's saying this, but let me tell you something. That that stuff's stuff's contagious, man. I mean, he he every day he goes to work. He made. I mean, he's. It takes a special person to to go do to fight that fight every day. Yeah. And I've been a part of some staffs, and we've talked before. Mm-hmm. I've, early in my career, I've been on a bunch of staffs that you go into places that everybody's like, "Man, I can't." I mean, look, when we came here. How long? I mean, how many years was it? They gone what? Two years, maybe, or without an SEC win? Yeah, I, I can't remember, but it. You're crazy. It, it had been dry. You're crazy for doing that. That's a that's a that in the coaching business. Well, you're, I could remember people people telling Hugh. And let's be honest, Hugh Freeze, told Hugh that it was a graveyard. Yeah, but let's be honest. How did Hugh Freeze get the job from the jump? Let's be honest, because well, people didn't want to take the job. We're awfully late into a show. We could do this another. Yeah, but we, you we get what I'm saying, another right? Show. I mean, I, 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 I think, I think Hugh had that job a month earlier. He did not. We'll, 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 we'll walk down memory lane sometime. Yeah, I know on that one. That's that's the one I do know. I know okay. when I know when he knew he had it, but it was about two weeks before it was announced. Okay. Almost to the day, two weeks. Because I called Hugh. <laughs> He was at Arkansas State. It was last week and a half of the season, and I wanted to come to Arkansas State's one of y'all's last games against Troy. We had a bye week. He got he got the job the Sunday the Sunday before Thanksgiving. Yeah, he he or the Tuesday before Thanksgiving, but he interviewed the Sunday after Thanksgiving. He was offered the job on Tuesday. Interviewed on Sunday. He interviewed on Sunday. So he I talked to him back with a team. Regardless, yeah. I wanted to come to that game, and he. It was against Troy. He politely asked me not to. It was a weird deal. We won the we won the first ever we won the first ever uh, undefeated championship in the league that's ever been done in, in the Sun Belt Conference, and it was like you knew it was like I already knew, and it was just like it was a I mean to spend so much of my early career at Arkansas State building it up, and I knew going in that that was it. My wife knew. It was just – we'll talk about it later. Hugh and I had our first – before he even got the job, I think we had our first moment of him realizing that I wasn't going to be perhaps what he was used to. I talked to him on that Saturday night before he interviewed on Sunday. And I basically had that he was getting the job and was kind of going with it. And he was like – I. I, I, he did not want me to write that, and he was frustrated at me for writing it. And I said, "But I've got it." He said, "But, but, but that's I'm not interviewing until tomorrow. I, I, I get it, but I've, here's what I've got, and I've been doing this for a long time, and and I'm right. And so, unless you can tell me that I'm wrong on the record, I'm writing it. And I think that frustrated him. So you remember that story? I will tell it later. But the when him getting mad at me about uh, subbing in players and not wanting to be in the top twenty-five in that game that was the day before he interviewed for the job he was wanting to show up sunday to the interview with arkansas state in the top 25 and he got pissed at me we'll tell the story later but yeah, he got it's pissed, interesting he got pissed at me for subbing players out up freaking 30 points in the fourth quarter and i'm like <laughs> like and and uh yeah we'll tell that whole story i've told on the other other podcast i had but it's uh it's very uh it's funny all right so last sentence the football gods tell you that you go to vegas you get to bet on two teams who are you betting on i'm going uh Texas A&M, mm-hmm. Kentucky. Me too. Really? You're not even for podcast fodder? You're not going anywhere else? You're not going to say like... Okay, if you told me for podcast fodder, I couldn't go Texas A&M, yeah, Kentucky. Yeah, those two are out too. I'd go, I'd go LSU, Tennessee. Okay. You couldn't say Arkansas, so they wouldn't crucify you on here? 
If I say Arkansas, they accuse me of being a homer. If I say Ole Miss, they accuse me of being a homer. Um, you're running out of teams. I'm running out of teams. I'm, if Carson goes to Auburn, you're screwed. <laughs> <laughs> you're grind to be a fan. Everybody, it. Yeah, I don't. I don't think Carson. He's not really the Auburn type. Like all the War Eagle, War Eagle, War Eagle, War Eagle would would he'd get he'd get tired of that. They all got that. Like Carson. Carson has it right now is a little enamored with Oklahoma. When I went to But I can tell you this, after the one I've learned with my girls, I will never discuss Carson's college search at ever. all at all at any form ever on this podcast or any other podcast. People, if you find out where Carson went to college, it'll be because you followed him on Instagram or something. I will never say a word. Never. That is the lesson I've learned from all the crap. I will never talk about it. Ever. Hey, real quick before we get out of here, the uh, when I went to Alabama, I grew up an Auburn fan. Went to Auburn, got to sit on a bench at Auburn, but I wore the uniform, right? So I get the job at Alabama, and everywhere you go, it's roll tide, roll tide, roll tide, roll tide, roll tide. And so you would go to these booster functions, and they'd be like, roll tide. And so we labeled it RTA, roll tide anxiety. <laughs> is like my whole life, you're you're told not to say roll tide. And I go up to somebody, and I said, uh, roll tide. And then I had uh, Burton Burns was running backs coach, and I was joking with him about it. And I was like, Burton, I was like, and I, I'm, he goes, yes, yeah, RTA, man, that's, that's roll tide anxiety. He goes, he goes, wait till the first of the month that RTA will go right out the damn window. And it did. <laughs> first of the month hit, I was like, roll tide. <laughs> All right, so we'll stop there. Appreciate everybody being in the stream for participating. Again, uh, we're brought to you by Rain. Total body fuel, 300 milligrams of natural caffeine, BCAAs, electrolytes, zero sugar. It's got what you need to push the limits and achieve your goals. Check them out on Instagram at Rain Body Fuel to learn more. We'll be back next week with another edition of this show. We'll talk about some other leagues next week. Let's do it. Talk about some, I want to talk about some Big Ten. Yep. Uh, I want to talk about the Big 12 a little bit. We'll do it all in one week. I want to talk some ACC, and um, I was just – in Vegas, I went to a soccer game at um, what is it, Allegiant Stadium, yeah. and man, that place is sweet. That is the nicest. I mean, did you put any wagers down while you were there? I did not. You did not bet one thing in Vegas. I didn't. I was trying to be a good influence, and it was bad enough that you know I'm sitting there at lunch and I'm ordering a beer or two, and and I always think to myself, Are you really being a very good dad right now at this moment? Are, are you really setting a very good example for your kid? When you're sitting there at lunch at you know twelve thirty, and you order a beer, that's long gone in my thought process. Yeah, <laughs> obviously I didn't care enough to not do it. I mean, I'm sure at this point he knows. Um, It'll be the several cases of beer in the refrigerator would give it away. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the bourbon in the back would be the. So, Dad, where'd you go? Uh, liquor store. <laughs> How many bottles are in there? Oh, you went ahead and bought the full dozen, huh? Um, yeah, so. No, but I, Allegiant was fantastic. What a beautiful stadium. The way that they did that stadium is state-of-the-art. It is it is fantastic. Um, it's right kind of across. There's a walkway from Mandalay yeah. to um, Allegiant. It's uh, It looks like a from the air and, and from the in person, it looks like a big hockey puck. Black, circular, um, state-of-the-art, skyline view, 
on one end zone. Um, it's airy. It's cool. Tons of uh, the amenities are just like the concessions are everywhere. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Big, right? wide-open concourse. It's, Do it's, they have slot machines in the stadium? I didn't look for that. I didn't see slot that. I'm sure they're somewhere. Yeah. Um, but I didn't see it in the stadium. Um, but gorgeous. And it was a great atmosphere. We saw um, Chelsea against um, was it Club America, team out of Mexico City. I think there were 57,000 people there. It was a wonderful stadium. It was a great atmosphere. It was a lot of fun. Um, but, I mean, I now want to go to an NFL game there. And I say that to say that. You want to go? I got, I got connections. Yeah, I would absolutely love to go to a Raiders game. I got one of my guys that I, that I coached in high school. He's actually a scout for the uh, Raiders now. So, making – Make, here's what we need to do. We need to go. We need to go. We got the UFC connection. Yeah. Big shout out, by the way, to my man, Bob Rucato. Hooked me up with UFC. I guess that's 277 next week. I hope my son's <laughs> listening. Uh, got, got uh, like. In Dallas. In Dallas. Uh, going to the UFC fight. Got me a center stage. I'm ready to rock and roll. I probably have blood on me. I'm, I'm juiced. I'm a big UFC guy. We need to go to a UFC pay-per-view on a Saturday and then hit a, hit a, um, Raiders game on Sunday. What do you think? I'm in. You in? Yeah, absolutely. We do go live. We gonna go live from from Vegas. If, yeah, we could do if we could figure out how to do that. Yeah, let's do it. We'll figure it out. It's just technology. Um, yeah, I would. I would love to go to a Raiders game, and then we'll do the other just to go. Yeah, well, I, sure. think, I think we could hook that up. We just got to get to Vegas. Yeah, well, that's not a problem. They yeah. they have planes. They have planes. They have lots of planes. Lots of planes. Lots. <laughs> I mean, well, the one thing you see in Vegas is planes. So Taking we, off and landing. We could go live from Vegas and then... Because McCarran is so close to the Strip. Oh, yeah. I mean, you see you see planes taking off and landing, taking off and landing all day to the point that you, you just become immune to it. We could go live in Vegas and get YouTube to ban us in about 30 minutes. That could be fun. That would be actually fun. That would be viral. I would, I would love to go to a... No, actually, I, I, told, I told my son that. I said, I, I want to go to a, an NFL game here. I mean, it was... There's not... A, I don't think there's a bad seat in that stadium. I mean, it's it's not it's not super tall. It just is fantastic. It was it was a great atmosphere, um, and it, it was it was the best soccer I've ever seen in person. Uh, hmm. The two two really obviously good teams. I mean, come on, F, you know, English Premier League is amazing, and it was it was a lot of fun. It was it was it was a I, I was kind of blown away with from an expectation standpoint from what I expected from the game, what I expected from that stadium. Is it the first one you've been to? Soccer game like that? Uh, I've been to some MLS games. And MLS is getting better. I've been to MLS in um, Nashville and Chicago. Maybe somewhere else. Never been to a soccer game. Really? Yeah, but I know like when you go to it, you know, go to Atlanta. Yeah. They're eight up with it. Yeah, they're huge. Uh, Atlanta United? United, yeah. <laughs> Look at there. The MLS is MLS is growing. It's nowhere close to the same level of play. I mean, it was a, it was a, this was a jump. The, the The Mexican team had several players who were on their World Cup team. Uh, Chelsea has like Christian Pulisic and you were talking Greek to me. Some right? of those guys. I mean, they, they they were really talented. It was it was uh, it was beautiful soccer. Like it, two teams that played two different styles. Chelsea's more of a methodical chess sort of approach. Their defense shape never breaks down. It was, it was really cool. And the Mexican team was very attack-oriented, which would make them susceptible to a counterattack if they had a turnover or whatever. And, and this, is what, this is probably what fans feel like when I start talking about RPOs and 
picking up zomblitzes and shit. Well, I don't know a lot about it, but I live in a house with someone who yeah, plays the game, and and so I've I've <clears throat> I've learned to get into it, and you know, jokingly, I've told the story jokingly. Um, I guess the last World Cup or whatever, and he was watching. My son was. He was he was watching um, all the World Cup games, and it was England playing somebody. And I told him, I said, whoever scores the next goal, I was cheering for England. I said, whoever scores the next goal for England, whoever whatever team he plays for, that's my guy. That's my team. Okay. And Harry Kane scored a goal for England, and I said, Carson, who does Harry Kane play for? And he <laughs> said, Tottenham. And I said. That's my team. Oh, is that the shirt you oh, have on? That's my shirt I got on, my Tottenham shirt. I saw yeah. Weldon's comment earlier. I cheered for uh, I cheered for Chelsea, and Carson looked over at me. He goes, you're the only Tottenham fan in the world who would cheer for Chelsea right now because apparently they're big rivals. And uh, I see it. I like it. Yeah. So they it, said, you know, in the, in the chat here, they said, can we call the chat the collective? Yeah, we could call it our Let's collective. Call it, this is our collective. The chat's not going to be called the collective. Benny says, you hate MMA. I don't. I, I'm I'm not big on violence like that. Like I don't like when they're just the guy's just getting pummeled on the ground and he's basically unconscious. But I have noticed that MMA does a much better job of protecting the fighter when he oh, is love, in trouble. And I love that shit. I don't care who's fighting. It could be I watch every Saturday. There's a fight night. There's something. I mean, I don't even care. I just don't want to. I don't like watching people get hurt. Well, you're doing it on your own. <laughs> you like football. That's true. <laughs> I mean. I mean, but, I don't, but the part of football that I don't like is when the dude like breaks his leg or something. I'm like, don't don't show me the replay. I don't want to oh, see dude, it. I, I mean, it's that's mono a mono. It's big nut contest. Let's go. I mean, I, you gotta love that. All the shit talking. There's always you know there's shit talking on both sides. So you can pick a you can pick a good guy and a bad guy, and somebody gets their ass knocked out. It's usually how it ends. <laughs> I mean, there's it rarely ends with a draw. It's good stuff. And I guess man. everybody bounces up and bites the next week. I really, I'll be honest. I ne- I will. I liked it. I really got into it during the pandemic yeah. because it was one of the first sports back and that's what you had to watch. I watched a lot of, I actually watched more NBA during the pandemic than I ever watched uh, with the bubble and all that stuff. Oh yeah. Like thank God they played. But it was like NASCAR, it was golf and it was UFC. Yeah. And dude, I, I mean, I, I really got into it. And then Monster's a big, Monster's a big supporter. Of but I'll tell you this, I walked out of Vegas going, all right, I now have a bucket list thing. Like I'm, I am going good Lord willing Going to at some point go to London and go to a couple of Premier League games. You ever been to London? Never been. I've only been out of the country for like half a day. How do you go out of the country for half a day? Did you go to Tijuana? Yeah, into Mexico (laughs) with my parents when I was like in the fifth grade. I like how you threw that in. In case Laura was listening, you threw that in with my parents. Well, I I was 11. (laughs) Allegedly. Yeah, I've never, I've never, yeah, I've. I was invited to go back to Tijuana as an adult when I was covering Alabama in the NCAA tournament in San Diego, and I was like, no, nah, I'm good. It's a story for another podcast, but <clears throat> my last time I went to Mexico, I was detained when I came back. Oh, yeah, for what? <laughs> I'm glad that was before my career started. Um, I was a little overserved at the local airport. and uh, Imagine that. Yeah, had a good time. My mother and dad found out about that, so I'm not telling anything. They found out about, out about that uh, about two months ago, so that was uh, that was fun. <laughs> My mother was legitimately pissed. I'm talking about like legitimately pissed at me for something I did at 18 years old. <laughs> well, it's really stupid. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I was in, I wasn't. I was just. Can we say I was detained and in confinement? That's what we'll say. Yeah. In the they actually put me in the cockpit to ride home. 
Really? Yeah. That's before 9-11. That's, that's <clears throat> classic. All right, we'll wrap it up there. Again, thanks, for everybody, for being in the chat. Appreciate you. We'll be back uh, next week with another edition of uh, McCready and Siski, powered by Rain Total Body Fuel. For Tyler Siski, I'm Neil McCready. Take care. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.